Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at nortonsimon.org. Support for Alaist comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years of Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, with over 200 films May 1st through 10th. Info at festival.vcmedia.org. Alaist Studios. This has stirred up a lot of frustration and anger and calls for reform. You're listening to How to LA, the podcast that helps you understand how this city runs. I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. Most change is hard, as we know, and when it comes to government and policy, well, it's no easy task. The recent corruption scandals, criminal charges against council members, and the City Hall leaked tape incident have led to this moment. There are three major proposals that will impact how the city is governed. They have to deal with redistricting, revamping the Ethics Commission, and the expansion of City Council. There is a lot to unpack here, so I hit up Frank Stoltz, LA's civics and democracy correspondent who recently co-wrote a guide to all of this. Hey Frank, how's it going? Hey, Brian. Can you give me a bit of a timeline to understand how we got here and got these possible reforms? Yeah, first of all, I think we have to understand we're kind of in a moment, right? We've had these series of politicians who've been accused of crimes, some of them already convicted of those crimes and have gone to prison or are going to prison. And then we had these City Hall tapes last November, these secretly recorded audio tapes, where we heard politicians, the city council president at the time, and a couple of council members talking about redistricting and how to draw district lines so they could keep their own power, maintain their own power. And so this all comes in the context of uh, something that doesn't happen very often, where there's, there's motivation for change, there's motivation for reform. The last time we really saw this kind of motivation was probably three decades or so ago. Wow, that's a long time. A long time, yeah. Because it takes a lot for the city council to really consider making big changes. You know, there's a lot of inertia there. Before we break down what the actual changes might be, can you explain the process of just how they might be approved and possibly implemented? So we're fairly early in the process. We have this ad hoc governance reform committee of the city council that has been for a few months listening to public comment on these three big issues, independent redistricting, expanding the city council, and ethics reform. And they've delayed a vote here recently. They're going to take it probably in the next couple of weeks to move these proposals to the full city council, or at least a couple of them. And then what happens is the city council will consider them and decide whether or not to place them on the ballot because these are charter changes. These are significant changes. So they require a vote of the people. And, uh, you know, nothing's a foregone conclusion. As I said, there's been a lot of inertia in the past where they don't really want to make big reforms like this, which could dilute their power or create more oversight of the city council. Uh, So we'll have to see how this plays out really in the next couple of months. 
So you and our colleague Brianna Lee wrote a guide about what the reform could look like. So let's start with proposal number one, redistricting commissions. Can you tell us how that process works now and what they're looking to change? Well, so you probably know every 10 years, the census comes out with you know the new numbers for populations. And in response, the city council and the state for that matter, and every state around the country, redraws their political boundaries because of population shifts, because of demographic shifts. And in the city of L.A., there's been this commission that was appointed by the city council that made initial recommendations, but ultimately was up to the city council. And so because of what we heard on those tapes back in November where there was backroom dealing, Mm -hmm. the city council now is considering creating an independent redistricting commission. And that's really what this proposal is all about, is creating a commission that's completely independent of the city council so the politicians aren't drawing their own lines and that they decide what the lines are. And there's a lot of nitty-gritty issues here. One of the issues is regulating what's known as ex parte communications. That's unofficial back-channel, non-public communications among members of this new independent redistricting commission if it's created. And really, that's designed to address what many argue corrupted the last redistricting process in 2021. And here's Council President Paul Krikorian on that. Our current broken, non-independent, so-called redistricting commission readily took ex parte communications all the time, and that broken system must be burned to the ground. You know, to put it simply, there was a lot of backroom dealing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that was just one issue that they dealt with on Monday, and they dealt with a whole bunch of others. But generally, the idea was to create a 17-member commission that's diverse geographically, people from around the city, diverse in terms of racial, uh, ethnicity, uh, age, uh, even income, that commission would be uh, selected through a process through the city clerk and the city ethics commission. So this next proposal has been talked about for years. Experts who've been on this podcast also have said it's needed. The expansion of city council seats. Uh, What's the story here? Because when I read your article, I was surprised to see the number of seats has not changed for the past 100 years. Yeah, 15 council seats. Each council member represents 260,000 people, uh, which is the size of many medium-sized cities across the U.S. In New York, they have, I think, 51 council people, and each represents about 150,000 people. So this proposal would create more council seats, and each council person would you know, represent fewer people, with the idea, of course, being that they would be more responsive to people because they, they would have fewer people to represent. And you know, you'd think it's kind of a no-brainer. A lot of people said, oh, obviously, we need this. Uh, maybe it would reduce potential corruption or potential power grabs like we heard on those tapes. But the voters have rejected this idea on three other occasions. And they've been often persuaded by the argument that we don't need more politicians. So what will probably end up happening is the city council, uh, if I could guess, will put a proposal or maybe even two different proposals on the ballot. Let's increase it to 23 or let's increase it to 31 or whatever. But there's going to be this argument out there. Hey, you know, the last thing we need are more more of those nasty politicians. So some mixed emotions about that. 
But why do you think that it's finally getting on the table and being talked about and taken seriously? I think it's because of those those city hall tapes. I think that people just feel like city government is not responsive to them and that one way to address that is to increase the size of the LA City Council. We'll be right back after the break. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center, presenting the world premiere of Mix Mix, the Filipino Adventures of a German Jewish Boy by Boney B. Alvarez. Inspired by true events from the life of Ralph Price. After escaping Nazi Germany, a newfound tropical refuge in the Philippines is upended when Japan invades the islands. On stage through June 16th. Tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on four consecutive Fridays starting May 10th. More information at nortonsimon.org. Welcome back to How to LA. I'm Brian De Los Santos. Now to the Ethics Commission. There's been a number of corruption scandals and a lot of drama that's been unfolded in recent years. We've already talked about some of that, right? The Ethics Commission, which has been around since 1990, is set up to put up some processes in place to stop this. What are the suggested changes? I know there are three major ones. Can you break it down? Yeah, this is maybe slightly harder to understand than the redistricting and the council expansion, but... A lot of people say it's equally important to those potential reforms. Uh, you know, the Ethics Commission uh, has, again, like you said, these these three proposals that it's made. Uh, one of them is to create a budget that is ongoing and is not decided by the L.A. City Council because there have been these accusations in the past where the city council has threatened, or at least a member of the city council threatened to cut the Ethics Commission budget uh, if it refused to go along with easier mm. or weaker you know, rules regarding gifts to city council members. Mm. Uh, another proposal is to allow the Ethics Commission to place uh, proposals for ethics reform directly on the ballot to the voters. Mm. So instead of going through the L.A. City Council, which, again, as I mentioned earlier, has been slow to enact reforms, you know, has sometimes blocked reforms. And then the third proposal is to have the Ethics Commission have its own lawyers instead of relying on the L.A. City Attorney because the Ethics Commission uh, oversees the city attorney and makes sure that the city attorney uh, acts ethically. So the idea is you shouldn't have you know lawyers from that office serving as the lawyers for the Ethics Commission. So in, with these changes, maybe the Ethics Commission becomes more of an independent, separate entity from the council. Exactly. Yeah, that's the idea is that, is that the five-member Ethics Commission and the Ethics Department you know, can act independently and not have to rely on the city council so much. And I should mention one other reform that they're proposing, and that is to redefine how we define lobbyists in the city. Right now, the way a lobbyist is defined is if you work 30 hours lobbying 
over the course of a quarter, then you have to register as a lobbyist. Under the proposed definition, it would be if you made $5,000 or more per year. Mm -hmm. And the Ethics Commission says it's just a lot easier to track money than it is to track hours. And the other thing is someone could spend, you know, $50,000 or $100,000 on lobbying that only takes five hours because the lobbyists are so good or have the right connections. And, you know, that just isn't getting caught now. And the reason this is important is because if you're a registered lobbyist, you can't give donations to politicians. You can't give gifts to politicians and you cannot sit on city commissions. Mm -hmm. So, so it's significant how we define a lobbyist in the city. Another interesting proposal is that lobbyists would have to, every time they go before a neighborhood council, they would have to identify themselves and say, mm. I'm Brian De Los Santos, and I'm lobbying on behalf of the dogs. LAist. The dogs, of course. <laughs> the dogs. And the dogs are paying me, you know, more than $5,000 a year. In kibble. In kibble. Nice. I like that. That's yes. good. Yeah. I don't think that provision is in there, but they should add it. Well, you never know what the dogs might want. <laughs> um, so tell me about when these changes could be put on the ballot. I think it's early as next year, right? Yeah. So the idea is that they would put them on the November 2024 ballot. One of the big questions is if you did do redistricting reform and if you did do city council expansion, when that would take effect. And a lot of people say the last redistricting process in 2021 was so corrupt that the lines right now are so corrupt that you need to immediately after it passes, say in 2025 or 2026, make these changes, expand the city council and redistrict, or at least redistrict, instead of waiting until the end of the decade, which is the normal timeline. And of course, this committee so far has wanted to wait to make the changes. Mm -hmm. Sort of another example of how you know elected leaders are reluctant to, to implement change. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you when the public could see the changes happen, right? Under the current proposal by this this city uh, council committee, it could be another nine years before these changes are, are made, almost a decade. Yeah, and so advocates are saying and reformers are saying, no, we need to implement them as soon as possible. I do want to say, I think it's an interesting time to be a city leader, specifically in the city council. One example I think about is people are still urging Kevin DeLeon to step down after <laughs> those tapes were leaked last fall. What's the vibe with leaders right now? What have you seen and heard? I think they're feeling the heat. They know that there's demand for reform right now. There's demand for change. And I think that's why we saw you know, this governance reform committee jump on these reforms and hold these hearings over these last few months. Uh, some people say they're moving too slowly. Others say they need to take more time. But there's definitely a mood for change at City Hall. So the burning question, what's next? Next, the City Council Governance Reform Committee will meet in the next few weeks again, and they're going to send the two proposals for an independent redistricting commission and expanding the City Council to the full City Council, which will then decide whether or not to place them on the ballot. Then they're going to address the ethics reform proposals because they've decided those are less important for now. As I said, though, many people argue they're just as important. The question is, you know, will they delay, delay and never get around to the ethics reform? We'll have to see. And can we go and like offer feedback before the process closes for these recommendations? Yes, you can offer feedback at the next city council committee meeting, then at the full city council. Uh, and then once they place them on the ballot, there'll be a big debate. 
All right, Frank, thank you so much for breaking it down for us. Thanks, Brian. And that was Frank Stoltz, LA Civics and Democracy Correspondent. Go check out the explainer he put together with engagement producer Brianna Lee on LAS.com. We'll also leave a link in the show notes. This episode was produced by Monica Bushman. The How to LA team also includes Erica Washington, Evan Jacoby, Manga Botel, and Victoria Alejandro. Our engineer is Hasmik Pagosian. Our executive producer is Megan Larson. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.